Plants aren't currently losing their rights. Plants aren't currently being incarcerated. Plants, while they may be chopped down, uh, don't really feel it like people do. The point of legalization, that is, isn't to legalize the plant, but to legalize the people who use that plant. Legalize the people to make what they are doing with that plant legal, to end punishment, sanction, or discrimination against those people who are using the plant. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the I Am Cannabis Sativa podcast. I am your host, Cannabis Sativa. If you're currently a medical marijuana patient and would like to tell your story and be featured on the podcast, feel free to email me at IamCannabisativa at gmail.com. Feel free to hit me up on Instagram at IamCannabisativa. Feel free to check out our official Twitter account at ICSativaPodcast. You can also find and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Anchor FM, Stitcher, and the Google Play Music Store. Please rate and review us on iTunes as rating and reviewing us can bump up the pod in their algorithm and put this podcast in front of even more eyeballs. If you like what we are doing, please become a supporter of this podcast and support us. We plan on doing big things with this humble little project, such as going to trade shows, visiting other MMJ or recreational states, and doing on-field work. And by supporting us, this helps us to keep the lights on, pay for rent, pay for hosting, equipment, and travel. And you can do this by going to www.anchor.fm slash I am Cannabis Sativa Podcast slash support. Again, that is www.anchor.fm slash I am Cannabis Sativa Podcast slash support. And you can also check out our newly minted um, page on Patreon. We're now on Patreon now. Um, and you can check us out as at www.patreon.com slash IC Sativa podcast. You can support the podcast for as little as $1 a month. And we also have a $5 tier if you're feeling extra generous. Any little bit helps. And we would really appreciate your support if you have the funds to do so. Morning, everyone. Um, it's 1037 in Legal Grassachusetts, the heartland of America. Hope y'all are having a very good and awesome Saturday morning. Um, I mean, I know my international listeners, it's probably Sunday. If you're in Australia or New Zealand, it's probably Sunday already. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, um, so I saw the story, um, like I think yesterday before I was getting ready to go to bed. Um, as you know, I work a night job, so I have to go to bed pretty, I have to try at least to go to bed at a pretty early time. So, um, I didn't get to report on, I didn't get to talk about this, but I want to talk about this today. Um, it's, it's crazy. It's just, it's, oh my goodness. It's just, it's so nuts, this story, but, um, it's, it's out of Canada. It's out of Ontario. And, um, this is from the CBC news. And it says, um, Toronto is resorting to giant cement blocks to keep illegal pot shops from reopening. So I'm just going to pause that and unwind that for just a quick second before reading, before proceeding to read the article. 
So you so instead of just legalizing the things that people are already doing with the plant, like Russ Radical Russ said, we're busting these illegal shops instead of absorbing them into the legal system, you know, making the barriers of entry low so they can get their paperwork straightened out and become legal vendors. We not we have to shut them down and then since there's still demand for the product in Canada not only are we not only are we just shutting it down, but um, we're, we're providing people that have this demand for the product. We're providing them no place to get said product, and then worse, we're arresting the people that are providing the service that the government is failing to provide. That the government shops are failing to provide, and then also you're you're putting cinder blocks, you're putting giant blocks on these buildings to prevent them from reopening. That's that's like that's so laughable. That sounds like something a fascist government would do. You know, Jody Emery like I always I always cite her name cuz she's always on the money about so many things as a, as a grassroots activist when it comes to cannabis. This is this is tyranny. This is fake legalization. This is new prohibition. Oh, you're not willing to pay the million dollars to get a license. Oh, let's 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 bust you. Let's throw you in jail. Let's put cinder blocks. Let's put giant blocks of cement on on, on, on your storefronts because we are failing to do our job as, as a government. You know, I mean, this reminds me of that story in Massachusetts where we had this sort of delivery cannabis service called Northern Herb, and um, they were providing a valuable service. Now, now, now get this. We legalized in t November 2016, and then, you know, possession and growing and gifting became legal December of that year. So just a few weeks later, you, you can grow, possess, gift, whatever. You know, but the storefronts wouldn't open until November 2018. But um, but for the time being, people needed places to get their cannabis if they weren't medical patients. And even if they were medical patients, there weren't enough dispensaries to go around to 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 reliably get your product. And um, and they didn't have it at the hours that you needed them to have it. Like let's say there was a shop in your county, but then that shop closed at 6:30. You know, by the time you get home from work, sitting in bumper to bumper traffic, you're cutting it really close. So you're having to you're having to rush out of work. Granted, you don't have to do any overtime work or you don't have any extra projects. And then you're having to sit through bumper to bumper traffic. And then you're going to have to try to try to to beat that traffic to get to the said dispensary. And then once you go and you do that. You know, you have other people, you have other patients doing the same thing you're doing. So, you know, it's probably going to be a giant line towards the end. So it's like you're stressing yourself out and it's to get medicine and it shouldn't be that way. It's not like that when you go to CVS, you know, there are CVSs that are 24 seven. You can get your prescription filled 24 seven if you wanted to, or they would be open till like 11 o'clock. So, you know, you can get home, you can, you can talk with your kids, you can help them with homework, you can eat your dinner, and then you can go and pick up your prescription. But with cannabis, at least in the state, it ain't like that. And it ain't like that in a lot of states. But let's let's read the article now. About a dozen illegal dispensaries still operating in Toronto, city official says. There is a new weapon in the city's battle against illegal pot dispensaries. Giant cement blocks. Two photos posted on 
posted onto Reddit showed that the blocks stacked up in front of alleged cannabis dispensaries, blocking entry. Jeez. It is the latest move to put a stop. I'm sorry. This is just, it's so crazy. It's a little bit funny. You know, it shouldn't be funny, but it is funny. <laughs> but um, it is the latest move to put a stop to illegal dispensaries that have been able to operate thanks in part to a legal loophole in the province's Cannabis Control Act. The loophole has prevented authorities from barred from barring access to and removing people from suspected dispensaries that that were also used as residences. This has proven to be a substantial tactic, says Mark Sraga, the city director of investigation services for municipal licensing and standards. Excuse me. Illegal cannabis storefronts have persisted in Toronto despite raids and attempts to bar the, the store's entry raids using other means, including street steel doors. Straga estimates that about a dozen are still in operation despite enforcement measures. Bill to close loophole passes in Queen's Park. But on, on Thursday, a bill aimed to close the loophole by removing the ex exception exception around dispensaries that might also serve as residents receive royal assent. I don't I don't know what that means, but not from Canada or the UK or the Anglo countries, but receive royal assent despite objections from some MPPs. NDP MPP Minister Member Minister of Parliament? I don't I'm just taking a shot in the dark here. Jeff Birch, for example, raised concerns that a family could be expelled from their home because another relative or even a visitor was selling cannabis. And see, this is this is why this is this is why this is fake legalization. You just legalize the things people are doing. You don't create all these fancy new rules and new laws that you can ensnare people in and continue to to to, to fill the province's coffers. You don't do that legalize the things people are already doing as long as they are not hurting another person make legal what people are already doing with cannabis which is gifting which is selling on on on, on a small or, or, or medium scale to, to people of age um you know legalize you know using it and having places to use you know like like I mean, Canada did a good job with, with most provinces saying that you can use it anywhere tobacco can be used and letting you, you use it at, at certain parks and certain places. You know, the, in the United States, all 10 states, legal usage, I mean, um, public uses is illegal and you can get a ticket for using in public. Yet, yet all of these states are dragging their feet with these consumption lounges. I know... Nevada is, is, is getting the ball rolling on it. I know Colorado is getting the ball, ball rolling on it. Alaska. But it's still not happening fast enough. Washington State. I read an article. They're dragging their feet on this. You know. Um, Massachusetts. We're doing a pilot program. But it could be years away until we get it. So again. Pe people. Some some cops could still give someone who, who rents and doesn't own their own property. A ticket for public use. That could still happen while these lawmakers are putting pilot programs or being like, oh, we should roll it out in a few cities and wait and see. But, you know, we're going to drag our feet in the process and, 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 and say it's still years away or whatever, you know.
just making excuses because they themselves don't like the plant. So they have they look at the plant with contempt. So they have to slow roll it because they just think that they're helping out a bunch of people who want to watch Grateful Dead. They're not seeing it as, as helping people heal, helping people treat chronic pain, helping people treat depression, helping people treat cancer, helping people treat lupus, helping people treat all sorts of diseases that they are suffering from. They don't see it that way. And that's why there needs to be a youth movement. There really does. All these boomer politicians and older politicians that look at the plant with none but contempt need to be thrown the F out. They do. They do. That's why I do this podcast. We need to get rid of these reefer madness politicians. We are a legitimate constituency at this point in the game right now. I just read read the um, Florida... um, the, I think it's Florida Trees News on Instagram, and they post, like, the patient count on, on, on Florida's registry, like, I think every week. They have 302,000 patients. You think those 302,000 patients aren't going to weaponize their vote it, next year, November, against a reefer madness uh, f- f- um, presidential candidate? They will. Even the Republicans will do it. You know, people want at least protection for medical marijuana at this point. You know, we're sick of reefer madness. We're sick of it collectively as a country. Even the reddest of states. You pull Alabama, majority of people, if they had if they had ballot measures, would vote yes on cannabis in, in Alabama. Look look up that article from from many, many episodes ago. Let's let's continue. NDP Jeff Bursch, for example, raised concerns that a family could be expelled for their home because another relative or even visitor was selling cannabis. Quote, we have some concerns on what this will mean for families, he said. Cannabis is currently legal. While the illegal sale of cannabis should be prohibited, giving the ability for a family to be expelled from their home because a family member or worse, a visitor engages in illegal activity is unthinkable. Going forward, a residential property that is being used to sell cannabis illegally will also be able to doing will also we will also be able to doing barring of entry at those places, said Straga. But blocks won't necessarily come come to all pot shops. Not all convinced blocks are the right move. Straga says that officers had previously investigated the locations and taken, lo- taken enforcement actions against them, including securing and locking the doors and only resorted to this step on May 25th after illegal sales continued. Then give them a pathway towards making it, towards being a legal vendor or a legal um, um, provider to, a, to a, a larger cannabis company. Give them, give them a legal entryway, legal low barrier of entry, um, entryway towards being legal and compliant with the law. Do that instead, instead of spending your energy building building giant giant cement blocks and blocking the entrances. It sounds barbaric. That sounds like something that, that, that North Korea would do. It really does. If I'm to be quite honest, if I'm to be 100, that sounds like a North Korean sort of move. It sounds like ridiculous. You know, sounds like something that, like, North Korea would do. Oh, let's put cement blocks because, you know, they aren't doing what we authoritarianly want them to do. Oh, my goodness. We gotta, we gotta control the population, don't you know? 
So far, the city has seen about an 85% compliance rate with their store closure efforts, he says. But not everyone is convinced that the blocks are the best measure. Gee, you think? Criminal defense lawyer Kendra Staten says there are questions about where people will go if they are barred from dispensaries that there are, that there are also their residences. But Straga says that he's seen some illegal pot shop operators place beds inside their locations to try the, to claim that they in fact live there. And while pot shop employees have been arrested and charged in the past, Staten thinks that that too is a waste of resources. Because it is. It is. You know, college students have been selling to each other in, in, in their off-campus apartments and even dorm rooms since since for decades for decades all over north america this has been happening yet now in canada because of this fake legalization near prohibition sort of thing you know you're 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 having this be you're having this behavior that has always been happening being criminalized it's madness Instead, Satan says enforcement officers should be going after the owners themselves. It seems less effective than going after the the registered, the actual registered owners of a dispensary if they so choose, and laying criminal charges. She believes that the persistence of illegal shops speaks to the, the demand of cannabis in the city. I'm going to read that. I'm going to read that line again that she just said. She believes that the persistence of illegal pot shops speaks to the demand for cannabis in the city. Bingo. There is such a shortage online and in stores for legal marijuana that setting aside issues of quality... The demand is still very huge for the black market. End of article. So I've already exhausted all the things I want to say um, while reading it. Um, I don't have too much more to add to this. I don't want to keep this too long. We're we're um, 17 and a half minutes long. Um, so um, as always, everyone, stay medicated, my friends. And resist tyranny. Fight fake legalization. Fight new prohibition. Peace out. See you in the next one.